Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Hey, upbeat listeners, this is Tom Hayes in Boston, Massachusetts, speaking all the way to Olympia, Washington today uh, with Alf Perkstad. Sometimes you meet somebody, it just blows your mind. <laughs> it always comes down, let me get rid of that. Right, it's a river shack day today, but uh, we're going to have a little fun here. Uh, let me just uh, introduce myself, to Tom Hayes, Upbeat Radio, and I found Alf through a mutual friend, Rebecca Tripp, who is a, a trip into herself. Just she wrote a book called the. Uh, uh, <laughs> the the story of the uh, the mystical flight attendant, and uh, she told me about the podcast being a better man and Alf, and we contacted over this week. We were going to do Skype on his side, but um, that didn't work out, so we're going to try it on our side. So Alf, how's first of all, thank you for coming on my show. And uh, for being a you know a force on, on the airway, evidently it's reaching people and making a difference. And let's first of all check the sound quality. How's this better than what we had with Skype? Alpha, you there? Huh? I see you. Let me uh, click again. Alf. Huh. Yes. You can are. you hear me? How's- Oh, I got you down. How's, go. how's, how's the sound quality? You sound pretty good. And uh, yeah, we yeah, don't have. Thank you. Yeah, we, we don't have the uh, vacuum sound that we have on on Skype, right? No, no. Yet, yeah, and uh, just thank you for accommodating me um, in lieu of this technical difficulty. I appreciate it a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, again. Uh, you, you're making an impact. People are finding you. You're, uh, why don't you tell us the story of how you got the idea for the podcast and uh, how all that happened? Well, when I, I didn't even know what a podcast was two years ago. And I was a, I'm a long-haul trucker is one of my vocations. And I was uh, driving around, and my wife was going with me, and she's like, hey, let's listen to podcasts. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> So she hooked it up in my truck, and we listened to some podcasts. And immediately, I'm like, "Wow, this is a real way to impact people to to convey a message." And um, I happen to have a message because for the last, uh, you know, I'm 54 years old now, but my whole life I've kind of really been um, a student of not just humanity, but but men in particular, because I'm a man and. I'm seeing things um, in my in my brethren across the world that that cause concern. There's a lot of guys growing up with no dads or bad dads, or they're just drifting into adulthood without any guidance or direction. And I'm like, um, I'm going to talk about being a man, not just being a man, but being a better man today. Than we were yesterday because that's kind of a philosophy I adopted maybe 10 years ago. If I can just be a little bit better 
today than I was yesterday and keep doing that until I die, that I'll get close to my potential as a man. So that's what I started doing. Great. Well, you know, you resonate, uh, just what you said resonates totally with me because I'm seeing the same thing, uh, not only a, a de- degeneration of what men used to be. I, I'm, I'm an activist myself. I'm speaking out. In fact, uh, I saw a great thing from that it was encouraging <clears throat> Excuse me, this week from Starbucks. They said uh, they acknowledged the problems that America's having, and it certainly is being exemplified or manifested in the um, choices, ha-ha, we have for the, a presidential uh, election. And they said, right. well, what can we do as Americans? And they said, you can either stand by or you can stand up. And so they've decided to feature people who have decided to stand up. And, you know, I keep coming under attack uh, from people saying, you know, why don't you just be quiet? Why don't you just accept this is the way it is? And um, and I go back and say, well, you know, Gandhi didn't shut up, and certainly Martin Luther King didn't sh- shut up, and Mandela didn't shut up, nor did Socrates shut up, nor did Jesus shut up. There's all throughout history. There's a few people who spoke up and and uh, stood out. Not only stood up, but stood out. So I I commend right. you on what you're doing. You're you're standing out. Well, thank you, and I and I think it's resonating with. Uh... With people, I've had people as young as 16 years old uh, write to me um, as a listener, as old as in their 50s, and I think it's resonating because people don't hear this particular message very often. Uh, because I just talk about the character of men, like when it comes down to the nitty gritty, when nobody else is watching you, what kind of man are you? And people don't talk about that stuff that often. If you look on my my list of episode titles, it's like I talk about, you know, hospitality. I mean, you know, who talks about that? Integrity, things like that. I mean, all the little components that make up a man and make him a better man. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to shut up here, so, because I... I I was going to be your guest, but I was going to sound off like crazy. But I guess we're we're co-guests right now, and I hope this is just the beginning of what we both can share with each other. So I'm going to let you just keep on because, you know, I, I feel so strongly about this, and sometimes I overreact because um, I have deep feelings well, for this. And yeah, I, please I, feel I have a Yeah, I feel – well, I feel – I mean, I see I see the problems – I mean, I'm 69, and I tell people, you know, I'm pretty enraged by what's going on. And uh, people say, what's your problem? I said, well, let me tell you my problem. I said, uh, I grew up as a product of the greatest generation, uh, you know, label that was given. And I forget the newscaster who, who gave that label and wrote the books and did the documentaries. But I said, I grew up with a generation, male and female, who went through a depression, went through all kinds of adversity, were probably born to first-generation immigrants, most of them, and uh, or certainly second. And they um, went through a depression. They defeated the Japanese and the Germans, and they came back, and they had one focus, to get married and produce 
something better for their kids. And the, the, the term was they were going to sacrifice for their children. And right. the problem I have is I've lived long enough to see the worst generation America has ever produced. And I can back that up with all kinds of a- a- anecdotes and just true facts. And, so, and statistics. Yeah. yeah, it's bad. It's very bad. And um, so, and, and, you know, I attacked what I thought are the causes of that, and I backed off a little bit because, you know, when you attack, you're going to get resistance and attack back, and the arguments just become arguments, and everybody walks away. But I've shifted that now, and I tell people my message now is I have a deep concern as you just expressed, for the children of our society. I think they're getting a raw deal, and they've been getting a raw deal for two or three generations, and that's why we have the mess we have today. And you're right. The, um, we have seen a predominance of media attention, just a raising a level of consciousness. It has been all, mostly, almost 100% female oriented you know the betterment of women the advancement of women the empowerment of women and as a result i was shocked about 20 years ago i was shocked because it was so contra the conventional wisdom somebody actually wrote a book on the importance of a father's love and it was again such an anomaly that and and basically yeah. the finding was it was done by sociologists and scientists etc said there is nothing nothing will replace a father's love and and you don't hear that in the conventionalism because we have a society that is now 50% single mothers all right and there's no talk about what a man does or his love or his or a father's responsibilities etc you flip on the television men are simply portrayed as buffoons whether it's in commercials Oh, or it's a sitcom yeah. or whatever. I talk about that. You can I can name five sitcoms right now where the where the father is just a, a bumbling idiot. Yeah. Um and and the mother is the smart one who who controls yeah. everything and you know nothing against women at all but man what happened to you know father knows best and those kind of shows uh leave it to beaver where the dad was uh you know, a, a great guy. He was the rock of the family. Um, I don't want to take anything away from moms or or women, but we gotta we gotta keep uh, men and fathers in the importance that they belong in. Yeah, and uh, that's not happening. And as a result, I've seen. I'm not proud of what we call men today. I think that there—it's—I uh, I don't think the term even applies. I just spoke to one of my buddies and told him about this podcast, and he called me a couple of weeks ago and said, uh, "He says I just thought of a new T-shirt. It says Real Man Inside." Now, <laughs> if this was the 1960s, people would look at you like, "What the heck are you talking about?" But today, just a simple statement like that, or a T-shirt like that, is saying, making a very strong statement. It's it's contrasting that the fact that there are a few real men left inside there. Yeah, and what I've learned since starting this podcast is I'm talking to more um, men of a younger generation and finding out 
what they're up against in the world. Um, there's a, uh, it's like they feel like they're walking on eggshells a lot of times because if they, if they do certain things that 20 years ago would have been just associated with being a man, now they're they're uh, criticized or ridiculed or suddenly they're uh, a feminist or they're I mean not not a feminist but a um, anti-feminist. Yeah. Yes. Uh, everything everything uh, is politically incorrect. Yeah, yes. yeah, and so, so guys don't know whether to to open the door for a girl or not, or this or that. They're worried about being in trouble, and I say, just do what you think is right, and um, if somebody doesn't like it, that's their problem, not yours. But anyway. Well, again, this is the consciousness, the current consciousness. We, you can't talk anymore. You can't say anything because somebody's going to take offense and they're right. I mean, they, you know, it's a very difficult thing for guys because the media is totally on the other side. And to back it up, you know, you have, it's like the media is launching the, is the artillery. They're just bombing away every single day on masculinity and males, et cetera. And not only from the, fe- the feminists, but, you know, I, I, my arguments have, have congealed or gelled in, in the past few months. And I realized one day I just said to myself, uh, my problem is I'm white, I'm male, and I'm straight. And today in this society, that's an easy target for everyone to hate. Um, yet if I was not of one of those things, then I would be more accepted, you see because that is and you know even my my female friends will go wake up when i say that and say yeah you're right you know the white male straight male is on the bottom of the totem pole and is the target for everybody and they go hey that's right you know you guys are really getting the the you know the the wrong uh deal here and um so again trying to you know ward off the attacks and not to because it's a losing battle because we're wrong as soon as we open our mouths and I understand what those guys are going through so I suppose what I think is the real problem I'm concerned for today's kids they're getting a raw deal not just the the boys but the girls especially the girls are really getting a raw deal well yeah the girls too because for every for every young man that grows up without a father there's a young girl that's growing up without a father, and a father is her first, um, her first idea of what a man is is uh, a, a little girl's dad, and and she imprints on that. If she if she has no dad, you know, <laughs> who's she gonna who's she gonna judge that against? Who's she gonna pick in the future or whatever? Um, it's just as bad for she has no standard. You're right. She has no standard. Yeah. Yeah, and so and that's again we're going to talk 50% of the households are single mothers. What's that about? You know, and and Man, nobody know. nobody's addressing this. Nobody's addressing this. They just you know, we you know, even <laughs> I just say, you know, where are where even are the politicians? Do we hear from the politicians any platform where they're talking about Families, kids, education, 
medicine, you know, medical health, health, health of the nation. No. What are they arguing about? You know, they're, they're pointing everything at something outside. They're pointing at immigrants. You know, they're pointing at ISIS. They're pointing, they want to blame all of the internal. You know, civilizations fall apart from the inside, and we're doing a really good job of that. We are doing an excellent job. You see, you know, people again. They don't want me to talk up. You know, I call it. There's a. This is the kind of the shrug off um, attitude. Shrug it off. Just you can't change it, so shut up and and move yeah. on. And I can't. I'm not one of those people. To shut up. But you know, again, it's you know, arguing this and discussing this with people has honed my arguments. And I, at one time, I worked for an international medical company and we made uh, and sold x-ray film so and occasionally there would be a batch that would come from the factory that was defective and I would go into a radiologist office and he'd have a film up and he would rip one side of me to the other and he would point to a white spot on the film and say you see that I read that as a cancer and I was ready to walk in to tell the patient that he had cancer. And instead, my gut told me to take another film. And when I took the other film, it was gone. So I realized the problem is with your film. There's a break in the emulsion. Mm. And so when I went back to the factory and told them they had a problem, they didn't like it. But they were smart enough to listen. Because they knew they wouldn't survive with the bad product. Well, I'm sorry, right. but my contention, this is the worst product. This culture that we have just, this generation, this culture that exists today is the worst product that America has ever produced. So something is wrong within the production process. Something has been introduced to the mix that has created this mess. And if or you're taken away from the mix. Yeah. Exa- well, ex- exactly. Exactly. Yeah, there was an all the ingredients. At, that's right. All the ingredients. But see, I see it as an introduction of a, a concept of a consciousness that shifted everything to the empowerment of women at the expense of men. And to perpetuate that over and over and over again so that the males feel like these young guys today. They don't know their place. They're afraid to talk up. They don't have any courage. They don't have the stamina. Because, and it's well, they have no concept simply, of, of what their role is. No concept at well, all. Exactly. See, they, unlike, unlike me and probably you, because you know, you, we're, we're a generation apart, but you still saw, I imagine you still saw a real man. You still saw bits of the, the after effects of the greatest generation. You see, totally. they don't have yeah, my, that. My, they think they think what exists today is normal. They don't have a standard, right? right. You see, and the rest they, of them they, want us to shut up and not talk about it because. Go ahead. No, oh, that's just part of my mission. Is um, is speaking into that listening of these guys that are that are out there, and 
and like you said, I had somebody. I had my dad. He was my mentor. My and now he's 81. He's my really my best friend. And um, but he's just an awesome, solid rock of a man. And uh, I don't know where I I would have been without him. And and my own children. I mean, I got divorced when they were fairly young. And then I went on to become a single parent myself. So I fought for and won custody of my kids. And they, so they grew up with me, at least. Um, and the the whole component of... Uh, so look, there are some single moms that do a, the, a great job, and they all do the best they can. But there are some things that a, that a mother can't provide that a father provides. Exactly. <laughs> but that's been discounted. It doesn't count for anything anymore. And, you know, and it's been whoever whoever launched that. You see, what I tell people, I say, you know, something it only took a couple of voices. I mean, I'm being polite right now because I could use a pejorative. A couple, a couple of voices, a couple of loudmouths who started the movement and who emphasized the desertion of the family, see, that it was the family was no longer paramount. It was career, you see. And here we are, how many generations later, and I tell people, women, (laughs) you got taken for a ride. You got sold a bill of goods, you see, because you didn't get a career. What you got was a cubicle. And they tricked you. They and gave as a result, up everybody's suffering. Yeah, they they gave up the best of what it is to be a woman for the worst of what it is to be a man. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. That's beautifully put. And as a result, everybody's suffering. But you see, yeah, the 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 powers that be, whether it be the corporations, the you know the female voice the whatever they are so this 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 doctrine is so ingrained this propaganda is so ingrained that they've created the the gerbil wheel all right they've, it's the rat race and everybody's on the gerbil wheel and they they think that this is the only way and they can't and i say to people people react well this is the way it has to be two people have to work and my retort to that is, and it took me a while to say it, what was wrong with the way it was? You tell me what right. was wrong with the way it was. And nobody has an answer yeah. for that. Right. I didn't there have a lot one. of wealth. No, because I, I grew up in the inner city. I grew up in the poorer section of Boston. Lived in a three-decker. But you know who lived there? My grandmother lived with us. And upstairs, my uncle lived with us. And my cousins lived downstairs. And the neighbors dropped in all the time. My father had a, a, a car that he had to roll down a hill to get started. All right? But he, he, Dad went to work. Eight hours later, he came walking up the stairs. And we sat down, and we had dinner, and they helped us with our homework. And we talked and communicated. And we went, had Sunday dinners. You know, it was all about the family. And the house was always full, whether it was a neighbor or a relative or a friend. And we went outside, and we played till it hurt. And we came in when it was dark. And... What, what, you want to tell me what was wrong with all of that? No, I'm I'm right there with you. 
that kind of sounds like my childhood, except we grew up on a farm, but it was the same deal. Um, yeah. It was all about the family. We ate, we ate meals together. And I'm, I don't care what, who eats meals together anymore as a family? I don't. I don't. <laughs> and, and, and what they, they're missing is, is there's some magic happens when people sit down and eat together. There's magic. It's called and being human. It's been yeah, it's yes. It's called yeah. Not only being a man, being a better man, it's better being a better human. And yeah. uh, you know, so what? We swap that for you know flat screen TVs and uh, smartphones and, and computers and you know the internet and Facebook and Snapchat and uh, Instagram and you know Pokemon. So, what did we gain? Um, you know, and, and 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 now the gender issue is so messed up that these guys, of course, they don't have. They don't even know what to be. You know, being straight isn't going to get you on the front cover of Vanity Fair and get you a cosmetic deal or a lingerie deal. So you're not going to get a, a couple of million dollar endorsement. But you're going to get recognized and applauded as a hero, and you're going to get a flag to go with it to identify your culture within this society as being a bit better above. I don't. I am all for everybody having their own preference. I am not for people becoming heroes because of their sexual. You are not a hero because of where you place your genitals. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, I can't argue with that. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, something has flipped upside down. Yes, tolerance for everybody. I respect that. Absolutely. I don't want anybody telling me who or what I can date or be with. But don't make me a hero because of it. Yeah. I'm, so we're you know, we're a country. I mean, we, we got to be the laughing stock of the world. I mean, this I travel extensively to other countries. It's not like this. No, I, I was on a I was on a a reality show in Norway, and so I know a lot of people there, and and um, they do kind of think we're sort of a laughing stock here in America because of the things we do and and it just seems like like the the people running the the train have just walked out and it's just running down the tracks by itself yeah and everybody's got their hands up going it wasn't me i don't know it wasn't us we didn't do it we had nothing to do with it and why don't you and look it is running down the tracks so just shut up and let it go well if it keeps going like this i mean here you have I don't necessarily blame the millennials now. I take it a little softer stand because you know something. It isn't their fault. They don't even know how they got. No, I agree. It's it's not their fault. It's it's their parents' it's fault. The generation that brought their them up. Fault. Yeah, I yep. agree. And their parents yeah. before yeah, my, them. This all right. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say my 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 son is on the cusp of being a millennial my daughter is i think still a considered a millennial by her age but but they they are in no way shape or form um a stereotypical millennial because they weren't raised that way i mean it's pretty simple i mean
mean, you exactly. I mean, you raise a, a child and instill them with with uh, certain values and principles and morals and a direction, and they don't uh, turn out that way. But a lot of it's just pure laziness, in my opinion, laziness oh, on the I, on the part of parents. I live in a part of Boston that is now overrun with millennials. All right, they. Uh, <laughs> the other day I was coming out, and I think as I told you in my bio, I've, I've got one leg, and so you know, all the way up to my hip. And I'm moving my bundles in. I have a procedure. I move them from my car to the first landing. I can reach up and load them on the first landing of the stairs. And then um, I go back to the car, and I keep doing that until I get them all settled there, and then I move up, and I can easily move them to the second landing and into my house. Now, before we had neighbors that lasted 5, 10, 15, whatever. Now, monthly, people are moving in and out because everything's so expensive. It's like a college – this is like a big college campus. It's just – college town they're just moving in and out constantly so what used to be people my age and that had a long-standing attachment a connection to the neighborhood it's gone so you have now probably there's six units here there's only two that are you know my age and the other four and they're full of roommates etc but the long story is six of the millennials saw what i was doing and walked by my bundles, walked by me, walked by me and my bundles, as though I didn't or the bundles didn't exist, and they had their heads in, you know, headsets on, and they looked on their phones, but I didn't exist. And they will walk by you in the common area and never acknowledge you. Again. I'm going to go back to the idea of there's a there's a mark on the film that shouldn't be there. This yeah. batch of film got messed up, buddy. You better go back and tell your factory if they want the business here. You better clean it up. You see. And yeah. something, folks, something's wrong with the batch. <laughs> it, it's true. Yeah, I was talking to a young man the other day. He's just 22, 23. But he's an exemplary young man. His father is a good friend of mine and raised him really well. And he's just a a dynamic young man. And I told him, you are going to be the head and shoulders, a leader of your generation. Because, I mean, really all you have to do in your generation is show up on time and, and have some manners. And, wow, you're already ahead of the pack. And yeah, um, I love this guy. Woody Allen's take on that was ninety percent of ninety percent of life is showing up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you're right. And really how you true. show up, yeah, and how you show up, and what you show up as, you're right. There's example, and it will stand out. Yeah, and um, in in my podcast, I I'm one of my overriding themes is, look, you have to go lock yourself in the bathroom and look in the mirror at yourself as an individual and pick out something that's not working. Pick out something that's that's messed up, that, that you're not happy with, that, that needs improvement, and then focus on that thing. Focus on that and try to make it better. I mean, one thing at a time, incrementally become a better person. 
and um, and what what I'm finding is um, when people listen to three or four episodes, it, it kind of gets in their head subliminally, and they start doing it. They start uh, wondering, wow, I wonder how I can be a little bit better today. I mean, it has to start somewhere. I'm not ready to just say there's no hope absolutely for this generation because it takes voices like mine, yours, and, and whoever else's to, um, to just give them a spark, point them in the right direction and help them. I don't know. Okay, so of those things that you're talking about, looking for those things, what do you – what would you say, where's the best place to begin? What's the virtue, um, you know, looking for the positive things? What is the virtue that you would say to them, or the character trait, that you would say is the most basic, the most essential hmm. to start with, that, you th- that um, today's I, men need? I would, I would say, and I, I always go back to personal accountability, actually being accountable for one's own actions and owning everything you do, good and bad. Um, I have a saying, um, I, I am my deeds. I, I become the things that I do, good things and bad things alike. So, um, it, But there is no accountability in the world today. So if, if a man can look at himself and be responsible for everything he does, especially when nobody else is watching him, just when he's alone, he sees a, a, some litter on the on the street, and and he picks yeah. it up because it's the right thing to do. <laughs> yes, I love it because they all walk by it now. <laughs> yeah, it's the right thing to do. Take and 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 I also try to get guys to take as a man. Take charge of the the area around them, the area they can see in all directions. That's your area. You're the man in that area. If 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 look, if a woman's being harassed in that area, go take care of it. If there's some garbage on the street, pick it up. You're the man in that area. Police it. Be the man wherever you go. I love it. I love that accountability. I'm going to go. What I think is even more basic: courage. Have the courage to be accountable. Have the courage to speak up. Have the yeah. courage to stand up to the people who are taking away your or attempting to take away your power. Regain. Have yeah. the courage to reclaim your power. Don't be afraid because the conventional wisdom is all the other way. You know, stand up. Stand up to the person yes, you're yes. in the room. Like you say, not only clean up the physical space, clean up the relationship space around you. You don't have to be a, a yes. punching bag for anybody. No. Be a man. And, you have and, rights. And you have integrity. Right. And, and, I, and I don't see that anyway. They're all afraid. They're afraid. Question. How many fights did you get in as a kid? I was a white kid growing up in a black neighborhood. I was outnumbered. Yes, you got in a few fights, didn't you? Fifty-one. <laughs> <laughs> right. And when they, when I and, couldn't run I, fast enough, then I had a fight. <laughs> yeah, I got in a lot of fights too, and and I'm meeting guys today. And look, I'm not advocating violence, but I I meet guys today, 27, who've never been in a fight in their whole life. 
I'm like, how is that even possible? It's because... Well, I'll tell you what. You see, here we go. This is a great... I've just stumbled on this one, too. You see what we've got here, and see what this generation has done. See, there's nobody taking care of the kids. You see, the kids are farmed out. You drop a kid, you have them less than three months because people aren't even taking the three months maternity leave. They're dropping them in a daycare or a nanny or something right. else. So they've been dropped off. So there's no. So now this then, as they mature and they advance, <clears throat> there's no what we had. You see, there's no. Uh, independent play you know there's no out there uh, doing your thing as kids you see because when we were kids we were allowed to play with other kids you see but because everybody's so safety conscious and because there's no everything's farmed out I mean you're farming out parenting you're you're subcontracting your parenting so you subcontract yeah. your parenting. So everything is programmed. Everything is set. You, the kid is not allowed to be alone or independent or play by themselves. Everything's got to be supervised. So they supervise the soccer. They supervise the baseball. They super, and when they get to a playing field, there's no other kids. The kids are there, but they're all subject to parental guidance. So the, 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 when we went out to play, first of all, you decided what game you would play that day, whether you would play baseball or basketball or football, or you just would play hide-and-seek, or you would go fishing, or you would do whatever it was, or just just be kids and move like, around. Yeah, or like me, I'd spend who made all that? day out in the woods just pretending I was exactly. a pirate or an Indian or whatever. Yeah, exactly, using your imagination. But the thing is, you made those decisions self-made decisions and here's the better thing you see when you played with the other kids and i use this example when you went to pick a team you see if you're going to play baseball there was an innate sense of fairness with the kids you nobody ever made the teams lopsided right right because they distributed the the kids That's right. They knew it would take the fun away. But who made that decision? Kids did. They knew inherently. That's what we're born with, a sense of fair play. So you picked the the best hitter got picked. So you picked the next best hitter for the next team. The fastest guy got picked, so you picked the next fastest to him. The kid who couldn't do crap got put out in in right field, and you picked another one. But you knew what to do. But who made the decisions? So we grew up with the ability to make decisions on our own. And we're accountable for what we decided that day. If you got into trouble, you had to pay for it. If you did something good, you got the reward. But these kids don't make seeds. They don't get into a fight because they weren't put in any place where they could have a fight. They've been programmed and supervised. So they show up, they grow up as adults, and no, we don't know what to do because they never made a decision. How can you have leaders when they were never allowed to lead? So they've fallen well, into... Me... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Well, I was going to say, didn't mean to interrupt you, but uh, one, of my, one of my big things is nobody knows themselves anymore. And exactly. because of exactly what you're talking about, you you have all these things handed to you, predestined for you, 
Um, you don't have challenges or obstacles to overcome. So how do you know who you even are? And guys are growing up not knowing who they are. And then something bad happens, and they don't even know how to react, and they react in a way that they don't well, even expect. Well, you know what they're calling these kids? I'm sorry for interrupting you. They're calling this generation the snowflake generation, you see. And it's not only here, but I, I, I first picked it up in England and then had to look up what it meant. But you see, these the other thing is, oh, they played a game, so they all won. Everybody was a winner. Nobody was a loser. Because, God, you can't make adversity. You can't enter adversity anymore. We've got to protect everybody from adversity. We don't want anybody experiencing any pain, God forbid, and learning how to deal with it and overcome it. So we make everybody. So they've been told in accol- with accolades how great they were. They're wonderful, baby, 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 wonderful. So now when they get into the workforce or whatever, they get out in the thing and they've done something wrong and they get corrected, they cry. Yeah. They cry because their feelings are hurt. How, how less prepared could you be for adulthood than that? <laughs> Nothing's wrong. What, what are you upset about? This is much better than it was. Why don't you just be quiet? <laughs> well, well, I heard this is the first generation right now that's that's got a shorter life expectancy than their parents. Wow. That's yeah, the first the first time in history a generation is expected to live a well, less see, these time are the than statistics, their parents. No, these are the statistics nobody wants to hear. And the other one I heard the other day is that one, uh, 20%, one in five students in school today have mental health issues. One in five. Yeah. I, Where's I have that a problem with that one. I don't know. I mean, I, I guarantee you, if if you listen to some of my stories that I tell on Wednesdays, uh, they're stories from my childhood and stuff. I was a crazy kid, and if I was a kid now, I would for sure be diagnosed with all kinds of crap, and I'd be on lithium and who knows what else. Exactly. Um, Drug them. But I was just a kid with a good imagination who tested my boundaries every day because that's what kids do. Right. I mean, I woke up every day well, and my now, poor see, mother... Yeah, oh, but, but you... But the reason you got into trouble is because you were socially active. You were socially aware. You spoke your opinions. You you know, you tested them out. You know, Yeah, you I, I tested people. my boundaries every day. I'd make sure, okay, yeah. is this still okay or not? Okay, I guess I'm, it's not. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and that's just kind of a normal part of, uh, of, of of being a human being. Like, I always go back to how our species um, originated and evolved, and, and we're still packing all that around with us, but it, it just... Well, well, you know... We live in a world where it doesn't apply. I'm going to jump in because, you see, I've learned a few things recently see that we're not allowed okay. to, to talk about and we're not allowed to acknowledge in our manhood, you see, because ma- masculinity and manhood is not a good thing in this society. It's an evil thing. And, um, but you see, there's a, there's, a, there's a new fad, especially among uh, older women, um, and 
it's I, I see it not only in my own personal life, but I put an end to it in my own personal life. There's this thing about women wanting to have male friends and only friends. They don't want uh, the sexual side of a man or a romantic side of a man. They want to be friends. And a lot of guys are falling for this. And uh, I see it everywhere. And I became, you know, I really had an affection for this one gal. And so I kind of fell into the same trap. Well, maybe that'll change, you know, once, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I realized any time I made any kind of sexual advance or romantic advance, I was met with horror and disgust. <laughs> How could you look at me like that? How could you? See, because this is what men are confronted with now. You're supposed to honor me as a person, not as a woman. And it hit me. Why was I getting so upset about this? Well, you see, what they, these individuals do is they want to speak to that man regularly, probably daily. They 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 don't want to be in a relationship with him, a, a bona fide relationship, but they want this ersatz relationship. So what they will do is they'll talk to him an hour or two a day and tell him all about their problems, problems with their kids, problem with their sister, problem with their friends, problems at work, financial problems. So they, they want emotional support from the man. And they want to be, and if something, you know, something goes wrong, you know, go over the house and fix it. Or then it's somebody's annoying them, then a little phone call, so a protective. So you see what they're doing. And then even once in a while, some financial support, if they need, you know, a little help to get them by. This is okay for them to ask, you see. Then I'm just wondering, why was I getting so upset about this, you see? Because what they're doing and what men don't, aren't being told you're born with a set of instincts. They're hardwired into you. Even though a certain segment of the society wanted to say they didn't exist, that, that everybody was the same, whether it's male or female. No, they're not. We can't have babies. We're not nurturers. But we are protectors. Okay? We are providers. Yes. Okay, those are instincts. And when you push those instincts, you automatically trigger the romantic instinct. You want to go, you want to have the complete relationship. But they want to truncate it, you see. And they don't tell you that you're evil or wrong or a pig for wanting it all the way. Because so this is what men are confronted with. And men got to understand, they got the courage to stand up and say, hey, I don't want to be violated. I have instincts. Don't push my buttons. If you don't want me, leave me alone. I'm not going right. to go halfway or quarter, three quarters of the way. You know, my daughter was the one who turned me. She says, Dad, I tell all my girlfriends, any guy that comes to them and wants to be a friend and doesn't want to put a ring on their finger or make a committed relationship, dump them. You don't have time for them. And the women feel at least a bit empowered that they can do that. It's time for men to say, no, 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 no. I don't have to sacrifice. I don't have to settle. You see? <clears throat> yeah. I've, I've, I have to honor my instincts, and I want you to honor my instincts. They're good instincts. You're right. They, these are the instincts that got us this far. Right. Yeah, and now we're living in a world where they, they don't apply, and life has become so freaking easy. How often is is a man confronted with death? Not very often. Um, right. And where a thousand years ago, every day when our ancestors walked out of their door, they might die that day. 
so yep. I mean their their survival was on the line every day and that makes you know yourself. Back to knowing yourself. You know who you are. Well, you know, you 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 get hit, you get adversity, you have to learn, do I, am I going to die or am I going to fight back or am I going to escape or am I going to do, um, how am I going to avoid this this situation? Again, you start yeah. to make decisions, but not if you're, you're bust off for a play date. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and, and and I have had some 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 female friends, but pretty much every one of them were women that I was not attracted to at all. Well, that's um, the only way you can do it. You'd have to, and you know, and and isn't, isn't that kind of sad that you, you, you're really looking at them the way they're looking at you? Is that uh, I really don't find you attractive, so you can be my friend? Oh, yeah, or please. or it's different now. You know, now now I'm married to somebody that I love, so now. I can be friends with more women without that coming up for me. Well, but, exactly, uh, because you have somebody in yeah. your life who's honoring you for what you really are. Right. Yeah. People get really confused over that friend scenario. And, and you're right. Guys are just expected to 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 act in ways that are just simply contrary to their nature. Exactly, and, it, and again, it, it's, it's an avalanche of conventional wisdom and media and everything else. And this is, I think, what's so powerful about what you're saying, and I hope that I can say to guys, first of all, you're right, be accountable, but be, have the courage to be what you are. Don't accept what society's telling you. You know, you don't have to go looking for a rainbow flag that's going to make you, you know, be recognized by society. It's okay if you have a rainbow flag, but don't think that, you know, and, you know, and, and that's what I tell these women that once. I say, well, you know, what you really need is a gay boyfriend, you know. Leave me alone. I'm a man. I'm sorry. I'm not going to apologize for being a man. You know, it's, and so these kids are confused. Why wouldn't they be confused? You know, yeah. now you're starting yeah. to hear that there's more experiment, experimenting with homosexuality. Why? There's, there's again, there's a thought system. That was never a question not when I was growing up. I just followed my instincts. Yeah. You didn't have to question yeah. about what was masculine or not masculine. It was clear. It's all very nebulous now. People... Uh, uh, especially kids. things and again I'm, I'm looking at them and they're lost I see the millennials here they they work an inordinate amount of hours when they come out they just they jump they jump into men's underwear these gals and they run around the neighborhood by themselves or with other women hmm. and they don't and they seem content with that and um, and they stand off. They, they're impossible to approach or acknowledge. They don't acknowledge anybody. Nobody else exists. And, you know, the men are just as bad. So you have these people, you know, I had a Russian friend come over here once and he went to the beach. He says, Tom, never in my life I see blanket all women, blanket all men. Nobody talked to each other. I go, so welcome to Boston, Massachusetts. You know, and so they, you know, they, and you're right. They didn't have the fathers. You know, my father, you know, God bless him. He's still, he's 93. He's still alive. He's my best friend. And I talk to him every day. And he just, yeah. he is appalled <laughs> what has happened. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really something. So and, with and that, then... I think, 
Right. I think we have to get down to, you know, instead of we know the problem, we know it's the media, we know it's the thought pattern, we know it's the conventional wisdom, it's, we know it's the consciousness. So what do we say to guys? We say, first of all, man up. Be a man. Have the courage. Have the conviction. You're not wrong for being a man. As much as the society wants to tell you you're out of date, you don't exist anymore, there's no need for you, all right? You do have a place. It's your instinct to be that. And you deserve the best yeah. in a partner. You don't have to settle. One of the things that, that I talked to a feminist last week, Jane Kenyon out of United Kingdom, and she's brilliant. And I thought we were going to get into some pretty heady stuff, but it turns out it was like this phone call. We agreed on everything. And uh, <laughs> she said, Tom, she says, I'm a feminist, but I love men. I have a husband I love. I value relationships. I need a man in my life. So she said, you know, let's take a scenario, Tom. He said, a couple is sitting in their den watching television or whatever, and all of a sudden the dragon's at the door. Now, there's many ways that that can be handled. Either the woman can take care of it, or the man can take care of it, or they agree that one or the other will take care of it. She says, now, if the woman, as soon as the dragon shows up, if the woman jumps in, like women have been taught today to take control of everything. Now, this is coming from a woman, and a feminist. She says, if she jumps in and takes care of the dragon, what she's just done is emasculated her, her husband. Completely. Completely. His instinct is to take care of that dragon. Yeah. She says, but conventional wisdom is the woman takes the action. And in many cases, I see it all the time. The man, you know, I, I love going to the resorts and watching women with their shopping bags, with their husband in tow, walking 10 feet behind. Well, the, the women, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. The women aren't carrying the shopping bags. The men are. And they're following their wives from store to store. Now, hey, if that's what you like as a couple, that's fine. Well, maybe you might at least walk with the guy or vice versa. Yeah, because you know, they're shirpers. Yeah, so they're the Sherpas, Sherpas to the shopper. And, yeah. and you know, and, and so w w where is your manhood? Yeah. You know, and you see this over I, and over again. So it's been taken. So this is where we have to address guys and go, look, at you're a man. It's okay to be a man. It's okay to have every single instinct of being a man. Nothing wrong with it. Honor it. Just as a woman is taught to be... A woman, but see, even that's nebulous, isn't it? Because the real feminine aspects were denigrated and degraded. You couldn't be a nurturer. You couldn't be a you know somebody who was a healer. Though you don't talk about that stuff. That aspect of femininity—that's gone. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sorry it's just be tough. Yeah. yeah, but be tough. I you know, so, so I think you're right. I think we have to shift this. Yeah, we have to shift this to say, hey, guys, focus on those aspects that make you a man. Be proud of them, honor them, act on them. Because, well, you know, you. and I'm going to go back to how I started this. You know who needs that? The next generation of kids. It's good for yeah. the boys and the girls for you to be a man and show that you're a man. It's good for society to see the reemergence of males. Well, that brings up another point, if I may. <clears throat> There's this this uh, uh, 
common thought in society that that women like bad boys. And it is, I, yeah, I, but it's true. I disagree with it. Well, well, they do, but what they really like is the, those those few masculine traits that the bad boys exhibit. I mean, exactly. What woman in her right mind would really want a bad guy? No, none of them do. They 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 want a, a good man, but who's a masculine man? But unfortunately, a lot of uh, the the bad guys are portraying masculine traits that women can't but help be attracted to. And that's what they're keying in on, not the fact that he's a criminal or that he's a bad person. Um, right. So that, that's, right. that's he's an aggressor. Real, he's, right. Right. He's yeah. an aggressor. Yeah. He's, you know, right. He's he's displaying in. Well, one gal explained it to me, and a great friend of mine, and she said, well, what we love is the chaos, you see. And she says, part of what we love is the chaos, and the, the chaos keeps us from our own chaos because there's a lot of chaos going inside of us. And as long as we've got yeah. his chaos to try to fix, we, can, we don't have to look at ourselves. She said, I, had, I was married to a guy who, who beat her physically, and she said, so bad that she, you know, she finally got herself removed from the house. She was beaten so bad. And she decided to start dating a nice guy, and she was bored stiff. And then she looked mm. herself in the mirror every day and said, look, you're going to get used to this. You're going to get used to being treated like a woman and treated with respect. And you're not going to be, you know, worried about the next time he gets arrested or drunk or anything else. She says, that's gone from your life. You see, um, I saw a book. A lot of time bothered me. Somebody had left here. It was uh, why men love bitches. And I looked at it. It used to infuriate me because you're right. There's certain things about a bitchy woman might be sexy, but down deep, I don't want to live with a bitch. And uh, right. so one day I looked at the title and I said, why do, men, why do men love bitches? And I had the answer. Same reason women love bastards. Yeah. You know, they, they, want the, they want it. They choose it. And... So you're right. So it's <laughs> it's time for men to balance it, to be do those manly things, to be the aggressor, not to be the one that's ashamed of being a man or portraying masculine. Even those those aren't honored in this society. You have to. You're going to have to buck society. You're going to have to get yelled at and pointed at and accused of of being not cool or not with the current what they want you to be. So that's the yeah, first step. If you want them to be accountable, they got to have the courage to be a man in the first place. It's possible to be a full-blown man and not be a douchebag. Exactly. That is a possible thing. That's, that's, that's what who I'm my father to... was. Right. Yeah, that sounds too. like who your father was. Yep. And, and, and it, it, I have to think that's who I am too. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a full-blown man, but, but man, I, I, I'm nice to people. I'm not a man. Is. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm. I mean, really, the one of the best parts about being a man is having the capacity and ability to share your strength with others, and to to help out people who need help, and be able to to be a helpful, protective force in the world and 
you know, you don't have to be a douchebag. Well, again, what are we leaving as a legacy? God will help us look at the legacy that the last generation left um, or is leaving. Uh, I don't want, you know, my my two daughters, I had two daughters. Thank God they're not what the conventional wisdom is. You know, these gals are women. They're independent women. They're strong women, but most of all, they're happy women. And they have hearts. They haven't abandoned the heart. And they're self-actualized. Yet, you see, I laugh at the independence thing that was sold to women. Independence, 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 independence. And somebody recently asked somebody, well, what about interdependence? You know something? They don't even know what the word means. They don't understand that it's okay to be independent, and I'm all for independence. But once you've achieved that, what's wrong with being interdependent with someone? Taking your independence and sharing it with a strong independent person and creating interdependence where you need each other, where you help each other. They don't even know the word. Oh, it's a gal in here. You know, I had a roommate. Her friend was a graduate of a major university in psychology. She said to me, what's it mean? I said, oh, they put you through four years, but they certainly taught you how to be independent, didn't they? Right. You know, I, I had one of, on my podcast, I had a great gal who was a psychologist and all for children's rights. And she said, you know, this idea of independence is not only laid not only on the, the women, the gals, the girls, but it's laid on the boys. She said, if an, an Indian or an African mother ever looked at the way Americans put a child to bed, they'd be appalled because they put an infant in the crib and if the infant acts up, they walk to the door, they shut the door and let the baby cry itself to sleep because the baby has to learn how to be independent. Not nurtured, not loved, not cared for. So we begin it at an early age and we think that there's some virtue in this independence. Being hard, being tough, being cold, being dis- distant. And see, these are the things but that they want us to talk about. And they tell you, to, why yeah. can't you just accept it? <laughs> yeah. So I think what you and I can do is, when I'm trying to make the shift without venting my anger at what is, is guys grow up, become men, understand it's good to be strong, it's good to have your own independent will, it's good not to fall for what everybody else is feeding you. Create your own world and. Be a man, everything that is a man. Be courageous, be a provider, be a father, be, have some etiquette, have some manners, have some class, you know, have some taste, you know, be chivalrous. It's not wrong to be chivalrous. They tell you not to open the door and say, too bad. Yeah. Well, That's what I, I do. I would add to that. I would add to that that there, there's a lot of young guys who really – they don't know how to do that. They they haven't had an no, example. It's gone nobody's so taught them. If, right. Yeah, so so if you're a guy like that listening, find a guy that exhibits these qualities, a guy like Tom, a guy like me, a guy there's other guys out there. Find a guy make him a mentor. I mean, uh, um that's how our species evolved. We learn from our elders and we learn from from those who went before. So find a guy that you respect and admire and be like him. I mean, use him as a guide. Right. 
you know, well, I hope this is just the first of many of these that we can have. And uh, I think uh, I commend you for doing what you're doing and finding you've branded yourself extremely well. Um, You know, for for a woman to call me up and say, hey, you should listen to this guy. He's really good. And they love your stories and they love your lessons. And, you know, let's – I think we can – you know, I need to temper – my anger, right, because I'm so invested in it. I see, I saw it yeah. coming. I saw it 50 years ago. I was a student yeah. at the University of Connecticut, and I was watching it happen. I said, oh, this this is not going to turn out right. <laughs> this fleeing not gonna from the family. This, this, yeah, this, this denigration of the basic structure of humanity you know, lessening its value, lessening the family, lessening the kids, you know, and and replacing it with a career, you know, which really wasn't a career because, but to see that just abandon, just total abandonment, buying the whole thing and, oh, we're off to work. That's fine if that's what you want to do. I don't want to take away anybody when they, or even if they choose not to have children. That's fine. Live your own life, but don't tell me that it's more valuable than what was, or that this has to be balanced. What about how it happened to balance? You know, I mean, Aristotle knew that the virtue was the mean between two extremes. You know. I mean, all of this stuff the masters knew, we've thrown us away. Pick up the Tao, read the Tao De Dung, and you'd realize Lao Tzu knew the first part is the the soft overcomes the hard. You know, water will wear down rock. Hardness, toughness, meanness is not a virtue. No. You know, and so... Here we are, and you know, let's keep it going, and and um, and say to guys, yeah, you know, it's time to wake up. Time, you know, to because wake up. And guess what? It's not working. Whatever it's doing it ain't working. No. And and uh, I mean, flash forward twenty years from now, what's what's the world going to be like? We got to start thinking about Woo! that. And, uh, it's, well, it's maybe not scary. the world. Maybe there's still hope for other countries because they still value families and women are feminine and yeah. women are beautiful and women are sexy and men are men. And so it'll probably just be the implosion, you know, of of America. I mean, it'll just, uh, you know, unless they get get a grasp on this, it's not pretty because you, well, now you have a bunch of kids. Yeah, how are they going to bring up kids? They don't know. They again. Yeah. They weren't us. Right. They didn't make decisions. That's the problem. You got people raising kids who don't have a clue, who weren't raised themselves, who weren't given the lessons they need. And yeah. I mean, um, I drove but, for Uber for a while, and I would ask these young kids. I said, "Do you ever have family dinner?" They go, "What's that?" No, yeah, we never sat right. down at dinner. How do you do that? Well, well, that's why. Kids? That's why voices like yours and mine and and others are important. Because some for some people, it's the first time they've heard these concepts. The first time. And and because they're true, they resonate with people when they hear them. And so the more we can talk, the more we can... I mean, it may not change the world, but it, it won't hurt. 
It's a start. You know, again, let's go back to why we started this Starbucks. You can either stand by or you can stand up. And I'm going to add my own little twist on that. If you stand up, you just might stand out. Yeah, that's right. And it's time for people yeah. to stand out. Yeah. You know, and not to... And I love this one. You know, I have a, you know, I've been around spiritual people for... It's just the fact that I survived a, a terminal disease. You know, if 100 kids got it, 95 died. And so I naturally gravitated toward uh, trying to figure out why. And it all came from, you know, exploring the spiritual side. And, uh, you know, but there's a lot of what I call pseudo-spiritual people out there. And I go, oh, well, don't judge. Don't, you know, we should judge and we should respect others and we should learn to accept the way it is. And I say, Really? Really? Well, how about we do this? How about, yes, I agree, we shouldn't judge. How about we simply describe the actions, the behavior, the attitudes, the results? You want to, is it okay to describe? Oh, well, I guess it's okay to describe. Well, guess what? The description isn't very good, is it? Six people walking by some one-legged guy, 69 years old, and walk right by his bundles and him. I, I got I'm no problem judge with him judging, that. personally. <laughs> I mean, I, I think we have to I get don't. back to it, right? I will, I will, I will judge somebody based on um, what, what, like what said, my own moral deep. compass. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I will judge somebody and. Uh, I don't see. We'll call them I don't out think on there's it. anything wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. Right. You, sir, are wrong right now, and uh, yep. not you. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I understand. I, I got, I got no problem judging Again, that, somebody. Again, that goes back to your accountability. If you can be self-accountable, you can be tell other people to be accountable. Yep, and if and then they have an opportunity to tell me why I'm wrong. I mean, exactly. uh, the, there can be a discourse. If need be, but right. yeah. Anyway, hey Tom, listen. If, if Alex, I listen now, I looked up. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, if my listeners wanted to follow you, contact you, whatever, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, this podcast, which we'll, I'll I'll put up here, I'm upbeat with Tom Hayes, and I, all I have to do upbeat. is. Uh, do that, and for my listeners, the best way to get you is what, being a better man, right? I mean, yeah, that came yeah. right up um, on Google. It, yeah, and being a better man podcast is my website, so uh, being a better man podcast dot com. So yeah, yeah. great. Well, let's uh, let's get together. Yeah, In we, fact, I. I, I like this, I, and it's almost too easy because we agree. <laughs> right. And, but we, and, invite, we invite others to disagree, don't we? Absolutely, and I like the fact that we are a, a, about a generation apart, but yet um, we're, we're, we're still, you know, so we have a slightly different experience, but we're still in there. We're, we're yep. still in the same... Uh, and, you know, we're not, we're not trying to, I'm not trying to, you know, and it took a while, a little self-enlightenment for me. I'm not just trying to destroy a movement. 
I mean, I am in a way. I think it has to be reevaluated and everything else. I'm talking about let's, folks, let's start talking about children. Let's start talking about families. Let's give these kids a break. Let's introduce some love. You know, let's introduce a sense of play. Let's introduce some humor. Let's let's try to create a a, a, a happy society again, not a society full of hate. That's all about you know, money. Men hate. At the, oh, it's at all the about of money. It don't. The, that's right. And don't have everything else. And that's what the flight was. Oh, we can make money. Let's go make money. You know. Yeah. Now look. What are you going to do with the money? Right. You know, right. It's, uh, and then the more money you make, the more money you spend because, you know, to to make the money, you're not happy where you're making the money. You're miserable where you're making the money. So the only way you can appease that pain and that empty part of you because you're not getting fulfilled in the, the career, which turns out to be the cubicle, you run out on the weekends and you run to the mall and you spend, 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 spend on stuff that will try to make yeah. – the pain go away, or you get more medication and more drugs or more alcohol to take away the pain. But you don't yeah. want to. <laughs> you don't want to find out what's giving you the pain in the first place. You know. Well, and so, when when they talk to when they talk to old old men that are about to die on their deathbed, one of the biggest regrets that comes up is that they didn't pay enough time. And, and energy to their relationships in life. Yeah. I mean, don't die with that regret. I mean, really, life is about family and relationships, and that's where love. that's where everything is. Yes. Exactly. And it's been de- relationships have been denigrated by a movement because they didn't like the other half of the relationship, and so. Work becomes more tantamount. Money becomes tantamount. Independence becomes tantamount. Love doesn't become important anymore. It's not valued. And, you know, that starts at the beginning. Why do you have a kid if you don't want to love it and nurture it and hug it and hold it and teach it and want the best for its happiness? I don't get it. (laughs) I don't get it. And to no, laugh with it, I, and to I, play with it, and to learn with it, to spend as much time I, I, as you had, can with it. I had kids really young. I was 19 when, well, my son was born on my 20th birthday, basically, and I was in the army. I was in the, I was out in the field nine months out of the year, and I realized really quickly, well, this is stupid. Why did I have kids if I only see them three months out of the year? So I got out of the army, and um, I mean, <laughs> and now my my uh, my 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 kids are a real joy to me. Of course, of course, it's our legacy. It's what we've left, and if you've left some great kids, who can leave some more great kids? What more could you ask yeah. for? Yeah, I have nine grandchildren now. God bless you. That's that's a legacy. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I'll tell you, well, you know, when we, I decided to get re- re- <clears throat> go ahead. No, no, go ahead. When I decided that's to get remarried when I was fifty seven, I started to find out how how sick this society had become. All that people kept telling me is, Are you crazy? You don't see it, she just wants your money. 
Are you stupid? You oh, have a perfect God. life. You're alone. You've got money. You've got freedom. You've got possessions. You've got houses. You've got time. You've got your health. Don't blow it. Don't get. Don't fall in love. You can't. You're a fool. You know, you're going to fall out of love, and you're going to wake up, and you don't want to be there. And I'm like, it was unbelievable, the resistance. Don't, don't do it. Especially because she's got two kids. What do you want those kids in your life for? Yeah. That was the best part of it. And now i got right. two fantastic step-kids. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. good for you and, for having the courage oh, man, did to, I take, to do that. Did I take fight. the heat? Right. Did I take the heat? Are, are they all eating crow now? No, they they want to. You know, we're not together, but we're. It's one of the. I mean, I'm so deeply in love and love this woman. We left just because it was time to go. We had a beautiful ride, and it was time for her to move on. She was really much younger than me, and I said, um, you know, she wanted other things, and I said, she said to me, "You let me go?" I said, "Of course." And she looked at me and said, you really love me? I said, of course. <laughs> she said, you know, love isn't just bound by a marriage. You know, or holding on to somebody who's ready to go. You know, and so as a result, I ended up with, you know, she told, she was here the other night for dinner and told two of my friends who happened to walk in at the same time. Because I had taken her from Russia. I, I had met her on a trip to Russia. I didn't go there with any intention of meeting anyone. And it just happened. Right. And um, she said to them, I've been in this country over 10 years. I have yet to meet a man who did what my husband did for me. She says, they told me my life was over in Russia. I was 28 years old with two kids, and they told me I would never remarry because there wasn't a man in Russia who would have remarried me. She wow. says, and when I get here, I realize it's the same way here. No man wants a woman with two kids. And she said, he took me out of my country and gave me a new life for me and my children. She says, I will be connected to this man till the day I die. I love this man. Hmm. And, that's <laughs> and that's what I got. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and... Um, yeah. And that doesn't quantify in terms of dollars and cents, does it? No, no. Priceless. Of course it is. You know, it's it's the part that gives me the greatest joy. And to see her excel and be happy. And, and I saved her from a very, very despondent lifestyle. I mean, it's just, you know, one thing... I saw the lifestyle there. There's in some ways, the rich have it very well there, but the, if you're not rich, you're in trouble. Right. So, you know, I gave her and her children, you know, a whole new lifestyle and a whole new, you know, opportunities that they never would have had. And they're happy. You know, which is the... See, these are the things that don't get into name to talk. Happiness, who talks about that? Who values that? You're not supposed to, you know, oh, well, just, <laughs> you know, money is valued, but happiness, love, compassion, giving, sharing, you know, celebrating, you know, uh, those things don't hold what they used to. No. So, 
No. Well, Alf, let's uh, like this, make this the inauguration podcast, and let's recircle. Okay. And yeah. I'll send you the let's link to this, but sure. it's uh, Upbeat with Tom Hayes. And if they just go, um, Google Thomas Hayes, I'm pretty sure to come up because I've got uh, a lot of things that would uh, bring them there. And, you know, I'm a comedian. I'm, I'm also running a – I've just published a couple of books and kids' books. And um, yeah, I, and my I had a really big – uh, Oh, I, I had a really big introduction all planned for you, but but since we uh, had to do it on your podcast, I'll save it for another another one. <laughs> all right, well beautiful. I'll send you the link to this, and you can download it, and then you can then use your software to edit it. Okay. Yeah, and sounds then, good. Uh, share it. Excellent. Well, well, and I'll try to make up a poster for... for this one. Okay. And uh, yeah, and uh, uh, let's keep in touch. Okay, let's do that for sure. It's been a pleasure. All right. Super. All right, Tom, have a great day. Have a, yeah. You too. Have a beautiful weekend. Thanks. Okay. And that's it, Bye-bye. ladies and gentlemen, from Boston, Massachusetts. That was Alf Herkstad, and he can be found at Being a Better Man podcast. And uh, he's a great guy. Thanks, thanks, Alf Herkstad. I'm sorry. Alf Herkstad. Thanks, thanks, Alf. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Take care.